the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters. Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters podcast. I'm Julia. And I'm Elaine. And together we are the Potty Plotters. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us through the social media malarkeys, which is Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Potty Plotters. Or on our website, pottyplotters.uk. Or email us, naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. So welcome to episode eight. And if you've just come across us, don't forget to follow or subscribe, depending on what button it is that you've got and where it is and what it actually says. And uh, then you'll be able to catch up on everything that we've done so far. But this week we're going to talk about broad beans. And we're talking to Rob Smith, the The face of veg. Well, he is in our world anyway. So... What are we going to talk about then, Julia? Broad beans. Why are they called broad beans? Because they're quite broad, aren't they? That's a that's a bit of a hint there. It and, is. And um, they're one of the earliest beans you get started. And you grow them, but you don't like them. No, I don't like that skinny thing on the outside of them. But I do like them when they're cold. You're looking at me, it's called a shell. But I don't like anything <laughs> oh, that's got a shell. Thing. No, I was no, thinking no. like fat and thin <laughs> rather than... <laughs> no, no, I don't yeah. like it at right. all, no. So um, I am actually going to set some broad beans. I do them every year and I do them for anybody who wants them. Generally speaking, my husband and family. But I don't mind them when they're cold. If you take the skin off, you can actually use them on salads and I like them then. Yeah, and you like mine, but I grow a different variety to you, don't I? Because you like everything to be big and tall. I do. And I just like the colour of the ones that I grow. And I'm going to grow crimson flowered again because the flowers are so beautiful. You could almost plant them in your flower bed. And I think a lot of people don't know that because the scent, I think, on a spring morning when you go into your polytunnel is beautiful from the broad beans. Yeah, it's very heady, isn't it? But it is a beautiful smell and uh, it is the earliest bean that we do plant. But the crimson flowers are just beautiful on it. And even if you just grow it for that reason alone, it just brings a little bit of spring out. Lovely. But what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to plant a new broad bean that I've never done before and they're here in front of me. See, I plant a lot of them, Julie, because they are expensive to buy. And I'll tell you why they're expensive to buy. Because... The pods generally weigh heavier than the beans inside. So what you're doing is you're buying something that generally you can't eat. Although a type called Little Sutton is a type that you can eat as a whole bean. So you can eat the pod and the contents as well, just in case you didn't Have you ever done that? Because I would imagine they're quite quite furry inside when you actually pod them, don't you? So I don't know if I like the sound of that, but... uh... It's worth a go, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. somebody will do them. So the ones that I've got in front of me are called Dreadnought. I've never grown these before, but it says that they're quick growing. Now, I don't understand what that means on a packet. What does it actually mean? Yeah, does it mean it grows faster than normal? I mean, gardening is about having a bit of patience, so how fast do you want them to grow? Well, we're going to find out because if we plant them today and then we'll work out how long they've taken to get going. Now, we're not going to plant these straight into the ground up our allotment simply because we do get a lot of water in that we're on a floodplain. So what I am going to do is I'm going to plant them straight into cell trays. Now, it's not any cell tray. This is a big cell tray and these are two inches by two inches and probably two and a half inches deep. But that 
that's because the broad bean, as you said, are actually a big bean. So I want it to have plenty of room to grow, bit like me. It's a bit like me, Julia, trying to get into a size 10. You know, those days are long gone and I know that you want to laugh your head off, but I now need clothes that I've got plenty of room to grow into. And so I've got the packet and I'm just opening the packet and I know that they're loose inside. So all I'm going to do is open from the bottom. Inside I've got lots and lots of broad beans and these are dried beans. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to plant this broad bean on its side, not on its back, because what I want to do is to make sure that when the bean itself gets wet, that the water runs down the sides of the bean, not land on top, because if it lands on top, it will just simply sit and rot. So whether or not you're doing this on a cell tray or you're doing it outside in your garden or on the allotment, always plant a big seed on its side, not on its back. So the biggest surface area is the back, isn't it? And the sides are as if you're on your side. Yes, similar yeah. to you in your bed, I suppose. Well, yeah, I sleep on my front there. <laughs> <laughs> so having put the beans almost down to the bottom of each of the cells i'm now simply moving this multi-purpose compost over the top to cover the bean okay they're all done so and that's a recycled cell tray isn't it, it Elaine? Is, yeah. it's one that you've just cleaned out and reused every year so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. and and they work perfectly yeah. well and particularly for me because what i'm going to do is i'm going to put this now in the greenhouse but i'm going to put some polycarbonate or some glass across the top to keep the mice and rats out because they are a nightmare up here and they will whip these beans out faster than i can put them in they that's what indeed, i'm going to do yeah. with them yeah and uh, how long would you expect them to take before they start to appear, Elaine? Uh, two to three weeks, I would say. So I will not be planting them out for at least five weeks, I would say. But there's quite a lot of processes in between planting them, as I have done today, and actually putting them on the plot. So we'll leave them in the greenhouse for the next few weeks. Right. And how tall will, will they grow? Um, this variety I don't actually know to be quite frank Julia I know you're looking shocked because I always like to do the tallest beans in the whole world and usually they're four to five foot but I don't know with dreadnought but no doubt I shall get told about it very shortly of people who are listening to our podcast well it could be a podcast it could be a bean podcast couldn't it or something very similar but yeah they'll tell us about it <laughs> Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. So what have we been up to this week, Elaine? Well, you have been up the ladder and we've been putting up a greenhouse and it was probably one of the hardest ones that we've had to do in a long time because not everything fits perfectly, but we made it fit. Yes, and now we have another happy plotter down here who's Definitely. looking forward to filling it with plants. Yes, and any recycled materials we like to use on the greenhouse, around the greenhouse, but that worked all perfectly because what we are going to do is we are going to do some hints and tips on our podcast for people in the future who maybe have got a garden or an allotment and one of the best things that you did julia even i was mesmerized oh yes it was an idea that steve came up with steve plot six he suggested that we use an old coke 
can, because we'd ran out of clips that were long enough to connect the glass together, he suggested that we create our own strips that were just a little bit extra long out of the aluminium from a Coke can. And it worked. So you got a pair of snips and you snipped the Coke can and you did strips of aluminium of, I would say, they were at least three inches, weren't they? You didn't cut yourself, amazingly, but it worked to keep one level of the glass on top of the other, didn't it? So um, when you're building a greenhouse, I think they call them uh, Z-clips normally. Um, And we'd got some overlong pieces of of glass, so the traditional... Z clips wouldn't work so we improvised and thank you Steve for that top tip because it's something we'll be doing again in future. Julia we've been planting so many different things over these last few weeks even I've almost got lost with it but I can say that my husband is still living with me and we haven't got anywhere near a divorce as yet because you know at this time of year the windowsills in the conservatory and all around the house seem to get clogged up with lots and lots of plants as seedlings as we started now then a few weeks ago we planted some sweet peas we did it in the takeaway method for those of you can't remember go back over those episodes and have a listen and look at what I've got this morning. Oh, look at that. I've actually got the sweet peas. They germinated. We'd planted them then into the compost from out of the takeaway container. And one in particular has shot up. Yeah. And it is probably around two and a half inches at least in length. And then I think there's one, two, three, four, five, five others now that are, I would say, about two inches already. Smashing. So they've got going. Are you going to nip out the top on that sweet pea that's grown tall? Yes, I will. And do you want me to do that now? Well, I'm not the microphone to one side because I can so the one that's the tallest and I say it is round about it's at least two and a half inches tall isn't it all I'm going to do is above where the double leaf is growing with my nails I'm just going to nip it off and I've done it why have you done that right what will happen is now the um, sweet pea will start to throw out other shoots from where the stem joins the compost so I ended up I will end up with a bushier plant than just one simple stem with just say one or two flowers so I get an abundance of flowers rather than just one. Oh, that's lovely that's lovely and two weeks ago can you remember we planted the aubergine scenes and we were talking about planting aubergines chilies and peppers all yeah, at the, all same, the same, time. same time well just this morning I've had a look in the uh, in the cell tray and they're coming out so they're just poking through so it's taken two weeks exactly for our aubergines to pop out which is quite good going really so if, if they've not come out yet if you've planted them at home you chill aubergines and peppers and they've not come out don't panic it can take three three to four weeks so but that's good news that everything's working as we planned well yeah i mean we wouldn't be much good talking about it if we didn't know how to do it would we (laughs) i don't know i think there's probably plenty of people out there that do and here i've got the pea shoots do you remember that we had the peas that were the bigger peas the dried peas that you make mushy peas out of i still ate them and um what we did was we planted them in a little container and all it is it's from recycling when we did them on episode one and I've put about an inch and a half of multi-purpose compost um, into a little I would say that that was a fruit container or it could have been one with tomatoes and it's already got holes down the side and uh, along the bottom as well and all I did was put some multi-purpose compost in put a load of um, peas the bigger peas that you buy they literally are pence from the shop and sprinkled them on the top watered them put some more compost on and look what's happened 
they're up already and I did yeah. think about you I went out to breakfast last week and on my breakfast cooked breakfast there was some sprinklings of uh, pea shoots which I thought was a little bit bizarre but I did think about you so I love them thanks yeah you can because I hate them and they still taste of peas which is the great thing and it's a great way of getting these kind of vegetables into people who perhaps wouldn't expect them on the breakfast Julia no bizarre the Plotcast podcast with the potty plotters Rob Smith, for those people who don't know you, you are a gardening columnist, a presenter, a product development and horticultural expert. We are on a mission to get more people to grow your own vegetables, grow your own dinner and then eat it. How did you first start to learn? I started with my granddad. So I think it's one of those things where a lot of us of uh, different ages started with grandparents or parents that had bigger gardens. So my granddad, my grandma and granddad used to have a, a great big council house with this huge, great big gardens at the back, which he just turned into like a mini allotment. So um, when my mom and dad were working and we used to stay with them, like in the day when we were little kids, they used to get us as basically free slave labour to go and catch cabbage white, cabbage white butterflies and, and pick the slugs off and everything. So I used to love it. That's, that's where it all started, really. We know that you were once a virgin... Um... Atlantic flight attendant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was your job compatible with having an allotment? Because we often find people come along and, and we say that sometimes it's not the right time. So was being a flight attendant compatible with allotment in? Um, I think it was a bit of a challenge, to be honest. So if I'd go away, say I'd go to San Francisco or LA or somewhere on a Monday, I wouldn't get back till Thursday night. So in the middle of the summer, the, the allotment has to basically fend for itself. Um, so it was all about mulching, all about getting the soil right, adding the manures, adding the compost so that they were as water retentive as they could be. Now, don't get me wrong, it used to be, uh, it was all clay, the allotment. So in the winter, it was like a quagmire and it never dried out, but it helped in the summer. Um, so you, 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 you have to be brutal. Um, if they didn't fend for themselves, they died. So you, you soon realised that your courgettes and everything were fine, but your, your things that need a bit of mollycoddling are perhaps better at home because you tried and you tried and they died and they died <laughs> and you just sort of like got on with it and, and grew what you could really. But the thing is, there's nothing sexy, is there, about allotmenting and yet you've managed you to... Have Jim <laughs> down the road? <laughs> 84 with his screen vest on? What lady would say no? Uh, we've seen some sights on our site, I can tell you. <laughs> How did you first get noticed? Because you do not fit the normal trend of allotments. When I started on mine, it was that era in the like late 90s, early noughties, when, remember when Hugh Fernley Whittingstall was about, yeah. and River Cottage had just started, and it was amazing. It was like almost like you had the Good Life uh, programme years ago, and then... All right, it was a sitcom, but it got people inspired. But then there was nothing else, really. Yeah. You got all your Delia Smiths and all the rest of it, but it was all about cooking. And there was nothing about growing, uh, like growing your own. Even Gardener's World, it was all about growing pansies and roses and agapanthus yeah. and all that. Uh, and then Hugh Finley Whittingstall came along, and it was a case of, well, do you know what? You can grow this in your garden or go down the hedgerow and get some from over next door's fence that's bobbing over the fence and all the rest of it. That's when I just moved back up to Sheffield, and I, I was in a flat, and it was a first floor flat, and I was thinking, oh, I need to, I haven't got a garden. I'd always grown stuff, 
Uh, and I thought, well, what can I do? And every day I was to drive past the allotment. And I think, you know, why don't I go for an allotment? And at the time when I went, the site that I went to, half of them were not used. So all the ones from the road halfway up the plot, the farmer used to use them just as a field and put potatoes in every year mm. just to keep them cultivated, uh, to stop them going from, to rack and ruin. So when I got there, uh, this old fella, Ken, who used to run the allotment, had a big old six-foot cane and was measuring it out down the field and stabs a cane in, piece of string, and he went, there you go. And I'm like, oh, my, what the bloody hell did I do with that? So you think, right, okay, going to have to look into this. So I started getting magazines. It was all right because I'd done stuff with my granddad and I used to grow like in my old house and stuff. But an allotment's totally different. It's so much bigger. And it's like, yes, we were lucky we had mains water, but we had one tap. And then about 20 allotments. So you're like, you're, you're queuing up for the tapper. If anyone wants to use the hosepipe to fill up a great big water bot, they're there for 20 minutes and there's a queue of people waiting for the tap. It was amazing. It was just that inspiration that I needed watching him. It just showed you sort of like how it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's how it started. And then I remember, God, it, we, so we sort of like cleared a bit of it. I made the biggest mistake of asking the farmer to rotivate rotivate it so for five years i was picking bindweed out of everything because all i've done is chopped it up like spaghetti you must have been rubbing his hands together you've moved over now from the allotment to growing in your garden haven't you at the back of the house do you prefer that or or do you miss the allotment kind of camaraderie and everything well I, i liked the allotment because like you say the camaraderie and everything it was really good uh but towards the end i started we were going to move house anyway and we started looking for somewhere with the land to turn it into like a, an allotment or kitchen garden and how are you getting on now digging and doing at home i really enjoy it so it's on a slope and if you've never tried gardening on a slope it can be a nightmare especially in the summer because it's south facing so it literally bakes you alive yeah. um and obviously because the sun's coming towards you but when you're in the bed with your back to it it's always on your back so you're as brown as a berry behind and you turn around and it's like a <laughs> A milk bottle. <laughs> so it's, uh, you got to be careful with the back of your neck, though. Oh, I burnt my neck. I tell you what. <laughs> um, so it's it is good, but it's it's it is a challenge. Basically, uh, it's on a slope. The only access to it is a, like a normal gate. So everything that comes up there, twenty odd tons of soil. I think it was nearly thirty tons of gravel. The shed, the greenhouse, everything has come up in a wheelbarrow. That's it. You can get a wheelbarrow. There's no, you can't get diggers up there. You can't get little trucks up there or anything at all. So anything that's in that garden that you see has had to come up with us either carrying it or balancing it in a barrow all the way up the drive, all the way through the gate. Then there's about six steps from the gate to actually get into the garden. And then you've got to drag it up the garden. So, um, yeah, that's all you've done. Is that all you've been up to? So when I, have, like, I had a delivery of uh, manure, and I'd love to be able to get a great big dumpy truck, you know, like just tipped in like you used to on the allotment, on your plot and you spread it out. No. Even if I get one of the dumpy bags, I have to do it barrow by barrow. So I try and get it in plastic bags that I can carry, and then I can move them around, and then I use the plastic bags because we've got trees around to make um, leaf mould. You know, yeah, to stab yeah. holes in and all that. Yeah. So at least I'm reusing, reusing yeah. the bags. Um, but yeah, it's a challenge, but it's, yeah. it's a good challenge. What next for Rob Smith? I'm going to sow some chilies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just, yeah. I've just had some new uh, chili seeds come through and a couple of tomato seeds. I've not started on the tomatoes yet, but I started a couple of days ago with the chilies and I've got three more. And I've tried 
to not grow as many chilies this year because I've still got them in the freezer from last year. And it's like there's so many colours and so many different types. But how many do you use? We know that you're only up the road at Sheffield. So if you do want some help, I'm willing to put Julia forward to help you <laughs> with the looking and tucking. But we're very good at erections as well. We've put up 15, <laughs> 15 greenhouses last year and we're hoping to break that record this. So if you do want some help, we're very good at that as well. Fabulous. So thanks again to Rob Smith and thank you for listening to us. If you've got any questions, remember you can get us on those social media things. What are they, Elaine? Um, I can tell you that there are Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Potty Plotters or on our website. That's pottyplotters.uk. Or email us naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. I nearly made a mess of that one then, didn't <laughs> You I? did, I noticed, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, send us your questions. We might not be able to answer them. If they're life kind of general questions, we'll give it a go. You know, if you've got any problems, we'll answer them as well. And... It depends what kind of problems they are, Julia. I'm not answering everybody's problems. In the next episode, we'll be talking a meet with Chelsea Award winner Will Murray from It Will Grow. And two veg. Oh, that'll be peas and carrots, thank you. A pub favourite. It is, yeah. You always get them, don't you? Until then, bye for now. Bye. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters is an Amberland Media Production.